Hello. Um, I'm intentionally standing to this side because we, like Josh was saying, we're trying to literally make Jesus the center of everything we're doing. And so this bread and this cup represents the body and the blood of Jesus. And so this is like a prophetic act that I feel like we're doing here. Um, Cause it's really easy to make ourselves the center of everything. Um, I know I'm, I easily can do that. And so I'm intentionally standing to the side and letting Jesus take the center stage this morning. Okay. So, um, this morning guys, I don't, I had a, a sermon planned and I felt yesterday that I was not supposed to preach it. Um, which is, hasn't really happened to me before. And so I felt really strongly just to share what God was doing in my own heart and trusting that that's going to be a blessing to you and that God wants to meet with us this morning. And so I want to just reiterate, he's already here. And um, if he's not here, then, then what are we doing here? A waste. The coffee's not that good. Um, so That's the main thesis of my, um, anyways, I joke. Let me just pray. And then, uh, let's, let's see what God has for us this morning. Father, you are so good and I'm blown away that you want relationship with us that your heart has always been for us. Um, I ask this morning, Lord, that we would encounter you in a real way, that Jesus, you would be lifted up high above every other name. You'd have the highest place in our hearts and in our lives that you would hold all the esteem. And in doing so, that you'd point us to a loving father who welcomes us, who has a smile on his face, whose eyes have never left us. Um, and Holy Spirit, that you would come and move mightily amongst us. I give you the, the one page of notes I have and ask you just to, to use them, um, multiply them, and, and may, it, may it be this morning that, that we have a real um, encounter with you, God. And so we long for you and we pray that that hunger would only increase day after day after day. So thank you for being here. Um, you being here is more than enough. And so we yield to you and we pray this all in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Okay. So this week, guys, um, I've, I worked in the Paris Street building for the first time and, uh, like as, as an office, I've been painting in there, I've been doing some work and stuff. And, um, it was weird. It was weird to be there. I don't know. A lot of you guys will have known that we used to have our church there. So when I first started to attend Anchor Point, or at that time, it was called Allison Christian Fellowship. Um, Roger was just a young man then. And uh, <laughs> we, we were, it was a beautiful little community. I remember going in there the first time and I'd, I'd met Jess and I came up to visit her. And the people there were just so in love with Jesus. Like it was this little group of people, Maureen was there um, and we were singing and it was just like this tiny little place. And I was blown away by God's presence in that, in that space. And so we were there for years and actually Jess and I lived across the street in the house that was there. And it was just a beautiful time of life. Thomas and Susie would come over and we'd stay up till four in the morning watching Lost. Um, and it was just a great time. And I was, I was sitting there thinking like, man, there's a lot of history here. 
we've gone through a lot of stuff here as as a couple and just not our lives have changed quite a bit as a church our life our lives have changed quite a bit our you know our church is quite different than it was then um and I, I was sitting there and I was I was missing the simplicity of that time. Like Jess and I often joke about like or not joke, reminisce that that was like such a sweet time of life. You know, we had one kid. Not that more kids are bad, but just life was so much more simple. There was like a, a purity to things. There was no agenda beyond just like being at, for getting back to the church. Just it felt like we just wanted to be with God. We wanted to meet with God. We wanted to just be His people. We wanted to love one another. And it, it was beautiful. And um, it, it felt like there was an immense ability to connect with people um, and with God. And there was something in me that was like, I, I, was, I've, I felt like a failure. So I was sitting there thinking, like, in some senses, okay, I could, I could interpret us being back in the Paris Street building in, in some measure, us having a smaller community at Anchor Point Church as failure. And I was sitting in my office and I felt like, Lord, I have let you down. I have failed you. Like, I, I felt so lonely and kind of lost. And I was like, man, I, I, I miss those days, God. I miss what it used to be like. And, you know, life in the past little bit, it's, it's gone on. Life's gotten busier. But there's been more and more and more things going on, both in our personal family, but in our community as well. And as life has gone on, as things have gotten busier, it has gotten easier and easier to forget the things that really matter. Things have become increasingly complex, where they used to be simple. Things have become convoluted, where they used to be really pure. And if it's felt like we're just settling for kind of making things happen, getting things done, coming up with a better plan, coming up with a, a more streamlined way of doing things. And in the process, we've sacrificed the presence of God and the presence of one another for these plans. And uh, there's a various amount of reasons as to how we could have gotten to this point, and I, I won't go into all of those things. But I, you know, as human beings, um, when we get hurt, when we have been betrayed, when there's pain, it is easy for us to kind of want to control what's going on, control our situation, control the storyline. And someone prayed that earlier. I think, Trish, you prayed that. Like, we, we long for control, and you said it's disappointing. And that, like, struck me, like, exactly. When, when, when I have lived, and, and I, most of my life I'm realizing, I've lived with that anxiety. I need to control the storyline. I need to control what's happening. Who's going to be there? What's it going to be like? What are we going to eat? Like, and I need to know what's going on. And more often than not, I'm not present. I'm doing the things, but I'm disappointed in the end. Anyone else resonate with that? Yeah? Um, so anyways, hurt, pain, betrayal can lead us to these places of wanting to control things. And life with God is a lot messier than I think I'm comfortable with, maybe than you're comfortable with. Life with one another is hell of a lot, I could even say, messier <laughs> with people. And that's not a bad thing. And I think I, I want to confess to you guys, I have tried to make that not happen. I've tried to make it really sterile and safe and, you know, predictable. And I think I've missed the plot. Um... You know, there's a lot of parallels between uh, life in a community and life in marriage. And I think, you know, those of us who have been married for a while, I've been married to Jess for 15 years now. 
and there are definitely times in our life where things have gotten busy and you just kind of coexist. You're like, hey, are you gonna, did you, did you do the groceries? Oh, you left the towels in the dryer? Or no, you're just kind of, you're living life together. <laughs> that happens a lot, man, it does. <laughs> Sorry, not the dryer, that should be more clear. The, the, the washing machine. <laughs> and we use unscented detergent, which is a whole other, Lord help us, but um, I digress. It's not a problem. God helped us through it, yes. So the point I'm trying to make is you can get in these seasons, these chunks of time where you are coexisting. There's, there's things that just have to happen. And those things aren't bad. Doing laundry isn't bad. Picking up your kids from wherever isn't bad. Doing things at church isn't bad. It isn't bad to do prayer meetings. It isn't bad to do community groups. It isn't bad to put on Sunday morning meetings. But we can very easily miss the point. The point of having a laundry machine in our basement and having a car that has enough seats for all of our kids is the beginning of that relationship is, is my relationship with, Jesus, with Jess. And from that place, all of these other things have gone on. But if that relationship isn't doing well, everything else kind of falls apart. And how much more true is that of our relationship with God, where, where the whole purpose of our existence is actually to be, to be with God, to be one with him. That's been his desire from all along is, is for us to know his love and from that place to be able to share that love with other people. You guys tracking? I feel like I am. Okay. Okay. So that I feel like is what's happened here. We have very easily, myself as, as the primary leader, I want to take responsibility for whatever is mine in that. We've made things about just getting things we got to get this. We got to pick up the kids. We got to do this thing. We got to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what is the purpose? What is the point? And then I was sitting there in my office thinking about all this stuff. Like, okay, I need to come up with a plan for this. I need to come up with a plan for this. I need to come up with a plan for this. And I literally was like, I don't want to. I don't want to. 100%. Like, there's days like when I'm like, I don't want to freaking do the laundry again. I don't want to cook. I don't want to do anything. And, and I think I, I want to be, I want you guys to hear me. I am 100% convinced that life with God is the, the point of everything. Church, community, what we're doing here is an imperative to that. So don't hear me in thinking like this is all a waste of time. But unless God's presence is the center of everything we're doing, it is 100% a waste of time. And so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about the, the importance of God's presence being the center of everything that we do. Um, there have been times where uh, <laughs> Jess and I will have been living in those times of like busyness and craziness. And then somehow our schedules will, will align where we can have a date and we can have a babysitter on the same night and we get to go out and we have a great time. And then by the end, we're like, man, I really love you. Like, I really enjoy you. There's times where I, I wondered, and then when, we, when we're able to be together, you've, yeah, it's honest, yeah, and, and all of a sudden you make space, you make the priority, you seek, you, you pursue that person, you actually connect in a real way, and you're like, oh my goodness, what have I been missing? I've, I've missed you. We've just been doing life together, and it's not bad, but we've, we've missed a depth of intimacy and joy and love that we didn't have to miss out on. And so as I was sat in my office in, in the Paris Street building, I, I was thinking all these things through and processing this. And I said something to God that I think like he was waiting for me to say. 
And I just said to God, and I, I meant it. It wasn't like I should say this because I'm the pastor and this is what I should say in this moment. And I'm reading off an imaginary script that if a good pastor, this is what he would say. It was a moment of honesty. And I just said this, I miss you, God. And it was like, he was waiting for me to say that. He's like, oh man, I miss you too. And that was all I needed to say. I didn't need to say, hey, I'm so sorry I did this and this and blah, 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 blah. And he just welcomed me right back in. And then I felt like he kind of gave me some clarity as to what was, what's been going on in my own heart and I think in our community. And it's from uh, the book of Revelation. I wanted to just read. And uh, I think this kind of gives some, some language to what, what's going on. I'll just read the whole bit. So this is uh, from the book of Revelation. So this is Jesus talking to the various churches. And he says this to the church in Ephesus. I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you. This is what I feel like he was kind of clarifying for me. You've abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. So sitting there and in in, like, I could literally see the old house that I used to live in with Jones. I was, and I was, oh, right. Return to your first love, the things that you used to do to simplicity, to purity, to presence, to connection, return to those things. One, one translation puts it this way. I think it kind of gives a bit more meat. Yeah. But I have this charge against you that you have left your first love. You have, le- you have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. So remember the heights from which you have fallen and repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, your sinful behavior. Seek God's will and do the works you did at first when you first knew me. Otherwise, I will visit you and remove your lampstand, the church, its impact from its place, unless you repent. And that bit about like removing, we want to be a church that is blessing our community. We want to be a church. We're, we're praying, God, in Allison as it is in heaven. But I think we've missed the point. Like, God's presence has to be the point. Uh, understanding and living in God's presence in, a, in such a way that we can't help but overflow and spill over into all that we're doing. That's the thing that's going to change our community. It's not more soup kitchens and more days where you can have a free meal. Those are good things. But unless it's infused with the presence of God, the people of God carrying the presence of God in such a way where his love is overflowing and spilling out into all that we're doing, it, it's, it's not impactful. It's not lasting. It doesn't make any sense. It's a waste of time and energy and effort, and we'll end up disappointed, like Miss Trish said. So I felt like God was saying this to us, to me, to us, to return to your first love. Do what you did at first. And that's, again, part of why we, like, at, at last week at the, the, the wrap-up of, of the 24-hour prayer, we put the bread in the cup in the center of the room. And that's what the church did for hundreds and hundreds of years. This is what they gathered around. This is what we want to return to, our first love of Jesus Christ being the center. And that's not it. That's just a symbol of what I'm talking about. So return to your first love. This is the charge I feel like God has for us. Hey, you guys have forgotten your first love. Return 
to me. Okay, so David in Psalm 27, this is, I feel like, how we want to, this is how God kind of led me from that place. Is Okay, there's this longing, there's this, God, we miss you, we want to understand you more, we want to love you more, we want to be with you. And I think some of us, I know I have felt like, but do you really want me, God? Like me? Do you, you want to spend time with me seriously? Like I am not that great of a human um, you know my thoughts, you know how terrible I am. And he's like, no, I, I want to be with you. And this is, in, in Psalm 27, David um, articulates it this way. Th- this invitation from God, he says, you have said, he's speaking to God, seek my face. And then David responds, my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. The New Living Translation puts it beautifully. He, it, they say it this way. Uh, no. Yes, my heart has said, has heard, so this is what God, I felt like he was saying to me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Let me go back to the the marriage analogy. Um, Often when Jess and I are not doing well, I will find myself doing the dishes. And this always happens. I'll get angry and be like, I'm doing the dishes and I'll be angrily scrubbing and kind of something like this. You know, when you're putting the dishes away kind of like loudly, they don't need to, you don't need to put the silverware in like you're just kind of putting it away. Um, and there's this, there's this um, feeling I have where I'm like, do you not see all I do for you? I'm doing all this stuff for you. I'm, I'm trying to be good enough for you. I'm trying to love you. I'm trying to do all these things. And Jess will often say, I just want you to come sit with me. I don't need you to do the dishes. The dishes can be done tomorrow. Why are you wasting your time and you're breaking dishes, putting them away? And she'll just say, hey, come sit with me. And I'll have to kind of work through that. Like, but then I'm not doing anything for you. I'm not, I'm not proving my value to you. Like, why, why do you want to be with me? Anyone else sympathize with that? Some of us? Okay. And I felt like that's so often how I am with God. I'm like, but God, I have to put on community groups and I have to figure out a plan. I need to make another plan about that plan. And then we have to have a meeting about that plan. And then I should probably ask Cassie to put it on the website. And then, you know, and it's just like me just slamming the the forks into the thing. And, And God's like, can you just stop? Can you just come talk with me? Can you, just, can you just come be with me? And then I, then I realized, man, like I've been settling. Like I've been with, with my wife. I settle. Instead of, of, of having deep connection with her, I just settle for just doing the stuff. It's safer. It's, I, can, I can control the outcome. I know what's going to happen. And then I realized, like, man, my, my desires are too weak. I'm settling. And I think it's the same thing for us with God. We can settle so easily for so much less than what God has for us. Um, I was talking to uh, Andrew Wilcox and Brittany Wilcox the other day on the, we had a hike and she was telling me a story uh, about how they used to both work at Bondhead, the golf course in the glory days. Apparently it's really good back in the day. It's not so great now, but uh, they were on the, like the uh, grass cutting Team? What would you call it? I'm like, my mind's blank. They were part of the... Everyone's giving me a different answer. <laughs> they were on the landscaping thing. Um, 
They cut the grass. They both cut the grass, and they had specific areas where they had to cut the grass. And I think at this point, were you guys dating yet? Yeah. Okay, they, they were dating. Brittany was saying that she would go out of her way to kind of switch. I'll, I'll cut 8T so then I can see Andrew on 7 green, and then maybe he'll, know, like, he'll see me kind of thing. And she would go out of her way to, to see Andrew and to be seen by Andrew. And so there's this whole idea of, okay, God is inviting us. He's saying, hey, come seek my face. There's something we have to realize that it's going to take intention and effort. Um, seeking means it's, it's not an accidental thing. Like, yeah, I just bumped into God today. We were, you know, I was at Zares. There he was. There's a, there's a level of intentionality that needs to be there. There's a level of diligence about going after like Brittany did. Hey, like, or, like Jillian was praying. How do we say, hey, you want to go seek God? Let me take your kids for you. That's beautiful. So there's a diligence. There's a, there's a realization that this is not an accidental thing that's just going to happen. Um, there's an intentionality that we need to have about this. Um, and we have to realize that we, may have to, we will have to overcome obstacles to get there. Like it's not going to be this you know, whoosh, breezy way of, okay, I'm just there soaking in the presence of God. And maybe it will be, but chances are there's going to be obstacles certain days to get there, to get to that place of seeking after him. And what we're talking about here is setting our mind's attention and our heart's affection on the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. When he says the, the, the Hebrew translation of your face is actually your presence. Hey, come not, not accidentally, uh, intentionally and diligently going after my presence. That's what God's saying. Make, make a plan. Make a way for this to be a possibility Come be with me. Come, come be close to me. Come sit down and talk with me. We were made to, to look upon the face of God. Think about Adam in the garden being created in the very image of God. The first thing he sees, he opens his eyes as the father standing over him. That's what we're heading back towards. But in the, in the here and now, we can know and experience that. But it will not happen accidentally. We need to be intentional. Uh, David responds, so there's this invitation. God says, hey, come seek my face. And David responds, he says, your face, Lord, do I seek. And I think I had to realize, I was challenged in even reading that, like, man, there's so many things I'm seeking after that are God's face. Bruce Springsteen, you guys know Bruce Springsteen? Did not think I was going to go here, but here we are. He says, everybody has a hungry heart. You know that song? Everybody's got... Okay. Um, no, that's it. So we have to come to grips. This is, this is the challenging part, guys, here. So there's a charge. We've forgotten our first love. There's an invitation. Hey, come be with me. But then there's, there, there's this need for repentance. There's this need for recognizing and acknowledging that we have been seeking after things other than God and his presence. And that... that like, I, I think I made a slide with like a fill in the blank thing. So in repentance, I think it could look like this. So God says, seek my face. And my heart honestly says to you, fill in the blank, Lord, do I seek? So we own that. You could put in my own security, Lord, I've sought. Um, my own well-being. Um, you know, whatever it might be. Isolation, Lord, I've, I've sought. And I think we have to own that and be honest with that before God and not allow that to kind of... Um, deter us because he has open arms. He's waiting for us to return to him. 
So in this, though, I think it's imperative for us to realize, and I pray that this is what the Spirit does, is that in, in confessing these things, we realize how they pale in comparison to the presence of God. How weak they are compared to Him. How disappointing they are compared to Him. How unfaithful they are compared to Him. C.S. Lewis, this quote, you guys have probably heard it a bunch of times. I think it's fitting. He says this about like our desires being weak. Okay, let's just, okay, so C.S. Lewis, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So in our case, Lord, we've been far too easily pleased with like community groups happening or whatever. Like there are things that we can, we can put into that slot. As we do this, as we seek the face of God, as we repent and we come back to our first love, we will be found by God and he will be found by us. Because the truth is God longs to be with you. God longs to be with you. God wants to be with you. Okay, Brittany rescheduled some grass cutting to see Andrew and be with Andrew. What did God do? God came and put on flesh. He stepped down out of glory to walk amongst us. He bore our shame, our sin. He was tempted as we were tempted. He moved into the neighborhood, as one translation puts it, to be with us. He, he bore our, our sin and shame on the cross, dying the death we deserved to be with us. He descended into hell for three days to defeat the enemy so that he could be with us in a greater way. He rose again and he brought us with him so we could be with him and so he could be with us. He sent the Spirit to indwell us so that he could be with us. Do you guys get the point? There's, a, there's an intention here that God has. He, he overcame obstacles. He was not accidentally like, oh, hey, guys, let me just, you know, become one with you. Uh, let me, he was intentional. He was diligent in pursuing us. His attention and affection was set on us from before the foundation of the world, and he did something about it. God wants to be with you. He crossed worlds to find you. He wants to bring you home. David, uh, earlier on in that psalm, he says, One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Another translation, one thing I have asked of the Lord and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty, the delightful loveliness and majestic grandeur of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. So, I don't know, I hope this is landing 
somewhere in your heart this morning. If nothing else, I hope you hear that God wants to be with you. And so I guess the, the challenge I want to issue to us as a community um, is, will we take this seriously? Will we hear God this morning, his charge that, man, you guys have fallen away, that you've forgotten your first love? And that if we don't have that, like, then we're wasting our time. I should resign. We should, you know, donate the Paris Street building. Like, what, what are we doing here? But if we respond in such a way that says, you know what, God, you're right. I've forgotten my first love. And I'm hearing afresh today your invitation to seek me, to seek you. I will do whatever it takes. Good, good trajectory. That God will honor that. And I think that the reality is we can pray like half-heartedly or dishonestly, like God move, have your way, come Lord. And Allison, as it is in heaven, you know, but like he can't do anything with that. He can, he can do something with an honest prayer. Like, God, I miss you. God, I want to want this, but I don't right now. Okay. So what we're about here, you know, in Allison, as it is in heaven, these values of gospel, identity, community, mission, if not at the very center of all those things is God's presence. This is a waste of time. Our anchor point, forgive the cheesiness, has to be God's presence. And so what I want to do, I'm just trying to just be obedient to God today. Feels really... Okay, thanks, Julian. You know what I, I also feel like just I miss, I miss, um, I miss the anticipation of God speaking when we gather together as a community. Um, we used to every week, one of us, if we would remember, the elders would say, hey guys, we want to invite you to come share what God's speaking this morning. And we don't do that anymore. And I'm sorry, guys, that we don't do that. I, I ask forgiveness for that. Um, and I pray that, that God shows us a way forward where we can do that. But I, I feel like that's what we're supposed to do now. <laughs> is, uh, I'm just going to read one more scripture, and then I'm just gonna, we're going to be quiet and just wait on God. And then we're going to see if God wants to speak anything. And that could be a picture. That could be a scripture. That could be a song. Um, that could be, there's all kinds of beautiful things in the scripture that, that talk about when God's spirit, when God's presence comes and dwells within us, sometimes that bubbles up over into things like, like the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, now I'm rambling, but let me just read one more scripture, and then let's just, let's just sit before God honestly as we are. And then throughout that time too, throughout the rest of our time, I would welcome you if you are following Jesus, if you want to continually proclaim the story of his life, death, and resurrection to come take of the bread and the cup. And we're intentionally doing it with one piece of bread and one cup to remind us that we are one body. We have one Father, one Lord, one Spirit. And so we want to do that together this morning, okay? Yeah, dip the bread, yeah. Sorry. 
and try not to eat directly off the loaf. Um, don't know who that was for. It's the Lord speaking through me. Where am I going here? Okay. Thank you guys for your open hearts this morning. So, Jeremiah 29. For thus says the Lord, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Listen here. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. You will seek me and find me, he says, when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you.